Welcome to The Insatiable Appetite. I'm Alyssa Chevalier, consultant at the Hartman Group, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Abby Cullinan. Hi, Alyssa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Today, we wanted to take some time to address the impacts that the COVID pandemic has had on online shopping head on. This is something that's been touched on in previous podcasts, but right now we're gearing up for our next syndicated study on food sourcing. And so this is something that we've really been thinking a lot about. Obviously, there's been a huge rise in online shopping as consumers try to stay at home and avoid contact as much as possible. But we're really interested in what those long-term effects will be on shopping, on consumer shopping behaviors. Uh, so to start, Abby, can you set the stage for us a little bit by telling us some of, about some of the major barriers to online shopping that we were seeing before the pandemic? Sure. Yeah, our last study of food shopping was in 2017. And so at that time, we were seeing a rise in online shopping, but there were still some pretty significant barriers for a lot of consumers. Um, the ones that we would hear a lot about would be that folks did not want someone else picking out their products. So 35% of people told us that. Um, 20, 27% of people were telling us the shipping and delivery costs were too high. Um, 33% uh, did not want to buy fresh categories like produce or meat or seafood online. And then... One of the other pieces of the puzzle is that there's motivations associated with shopping in person, and 48% of people told us they enjoy shopping in person more. The shopping in person and not wanting to have someone else pick out your products and buy fresh categories, really what we see is the top three barriers were higher for boomers and those boomers were also the least likely to be shopping online. Um, the qualitative research that we did told us that the fresh and perishable items was you know a key pain point. Um, folks were worried about how those items would be selected and the criteria that someone else would use and how that compared with the criteria they would use themselves. Um, and then in addition, we heard people report a lot of anxiety around the transport and delivery process because they worried about products spoiling or bruising or thawing out. Yeah, and since then, some of these issues have been addressed to some extent, either by consumers' own kind of workarounds that they've come up with, like um, online shopping only with their most trusted retailers, or with services that retailers are offering, like click and collect, which at least will eliminate some of those concerns around delivery, even though they don't address issues around product selection or shopping enjoyment of shopping or those kind of perceived or real price premiums that are associated with online shopping. But all of these major barriers kind of went out the window for a lot of consumers when COVID first hit in the U.S. when their concerns about personal safety and stocking their pantries made their worries about online shopping really pale in comparison. And so in those first few weeks of the pandemic and associated social distancing measures that were in place, we heard nearly a quarter of consumers say that they were shopping online more than ever before. And among those who were shopping online, 23% had placed their first ever online order in that past month. 
And so as consumers had to weigh trade-offs around personal safety and other factors, online shopping in all of its forms, whether it be delivery, click and collect, meal kits, CSAs, direct to consumer, all became more appealing as consumers just wanted to get what they needed from wherever they could find it in stock and the less human contact they could have, the better. Yeah, and then uh, a few weeks later in April when we were starting to see some of that panic shopping abate, but shutdowns and social distancing had become even more widespread. We fielded our quarterly syndicated study and we had the opportunity to get another read on this topic. And at that time, the number of consumers who told us they were shopping more online was 38%. So consumers that we talked with seemed to be getting even more comfortable shopping online. They were in some cases seeing additional benefits beyond the safety-related ones that had drawn them there in the first place. And then some of those downsides were a little less dramatic for people. So things like substitutions or quality issues, they saw retailers responding to these and consumers were getting a little more fluent with the platforms and ways that they could mitigate those issues as well. Um, And then some of our other research showed that consumers were purchasing more fresh and frozen categories online than they had before. So that's, you know, really showing them outside of what was their comfort zone with online retail before the pandemic. Um, And this does seem to be working for some people because um, in mid-April, we were hearing from consumers that they anticipated continuing to shop online more after the pandemic threat had passed. So about 23% of consumers told us they would continue doing this. Yeah, and that projection that consumers were making themselves really aligns with our own hypotheses about the future of online shopping. This pandemic has kind of been a crash course for online retailers, forcing them to get any initial kinks in their supply chains and logistics ironed out as best as they could right away. And for those who were able to do so, they've gotten the chance to get consumers kind of in the door, so to speak, for that initial trial that many consumers needed to be able to shift those preconceived perceptions of online shopping and allow them to see the other types of benefits like choice and convenience that online might offer them. Definitely. And then we're also thinking forward to um, what will happen once consumers feel a bit more comfortable about shopping in person again and and how that calculus may shift back. Um, We're thinking through whether some of them will go back to the original habits they had, which were driven by those barriers to online shopping, um, and even possibly the long break from shopping in the store. Will that make them more eager to get the in-person experience of shopping? Um, Will they go back to focusing their online shopping on non-perishables and picking out their own fresh produce and meat. So all of those questions are on our minds. Mm -hmm. And my guess is that we'll see some pretty clean generational divides as things get back to some sort of more comfortable normal. As younger consumers, particularly Gen Z, are already so comfortable integrating on and offline elements of their lives, they'll probably be more fluid in their use of different channels. While boomers who had tried online shopping are probably the most likely to give it up again. 
But that transition period will be a huge opportunity for retailers on both ends of the spectrum, either to find some longer term solutions to the barriers that do persist, even after consumers have tried out online shopping, or uh, for brick and mortar retailers to really bolster the in-store experience and um, make it hard to come up with an online alternative that that can compete on that on that point, at least. So. That's all the time we have for today, but thanks, Abby, for joining me, and we look forward to next time on The Insatiable Appetite. And as always, if you have any questions about our work or would like to learn more, please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at the Hartman Group.